Okay, so um, what I want to discuss today is the comparison that Moshe has in his recounting of the epiphany at Har Sinai and the absence of certain key events in the uh, Mamad Har Sinai that we are not seeing here and they're glaring. The most important of which is the response of Bnei Israel, Nase Benishma. There is no mention of that in Pasha's Ves Hanan. And I want to suggest something, maybe right, maybe not. So I want to develop the thesis that when Moshe is governing Va'et Hanan, for the first time he is told, I prayed and I prayed, let me go into the land. Um, and he's actually, uh, and, and it's actually the Midat Hadin that he experiences, that is, applied to him. So that he complains to God and he says, with Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov, you started off with them always uh, with Hashem Elohim, Yudke Vovke, the Midas of Rachamim. And with me, the, the Pasha starts for Et Hanan El Adonai Ba'etahi, Lemo Adonai Elohim, the Midat Hadin. Why are you coming at me with the Midat Hadin first? At that moment in time, uh, Moshe is now experiencing for the first time a refusal by the divine. And I think that that, my thesis is that that informs uh, the rest of his recounting and his narrating of the events in the rabbinic imagination. So I want to start with the statement, that God is the Lord, and then the enigmatic two words, ein od, ein od, meaning you should come to the realization in your hearts and we're going to come back to that heart in the plural, your hearts, that the Lord is in the heaven and in the world, Ein Ode. What is this Ein Ode? So the rabbis say in Devarim Rabbah, Yisro nosan mamash Yisro, who was an idolatrous priest, came to the realization of uh, the belief in God, but it is a partial realization. It says, now I have come to the realization that the Lord is greater than all the other lords. So there's a pantheon of gods, and the Yudke Vovke is greater than all the other gods. Mashma, heim gadolim, avalhu gadol mehem. So Yisro is at that first level of realization that God is the prime mover, but he's moving the other movers, which are the other gods, and he's greater than the other gods. Next comes Naaman, Hoda b'mitzamimena, shinema hineyodati ki ein Elohim b'chola oretz. Now I know that there is no one in the world b'chola oretz, meaning Naaman testified on the oretz but didn't have anything to do with the Shemaim. Nothing to do with Shemaim. Only the Oretz. Ki imbi Yisrael. Rachav samahu b'shemaim uvaretz. Rahab was able to place him over 
both the heaven and the earth. Ki Adonai Elohechem hu Elohim bashamayim imal baal ha'oretz, like we say in Olenu, in Joshua 2. Finally, Moshe Somo, Moshe places him, meaning he was heid al memshalto v'achdu, so he was able to testify as to his dominion and his unity. Af b'chalolo shel olam. He was able to extend his dominion, not only the heavens above and the earth, mitachas, Ein od, meaning, ein od, mahu ein od, afilu b'chalolo shel olam. Wow, what does that mean? Afilu b'chalolo shel olam. Not only Yisro, he's better than everyone else. Not only Naaman, which he is just the earth. Not only Rahab, who is a heaven and earth. Moses adds a dimension of reality that is to explain the words, the redundant words, ain ode. Ain ode. Nothing beyond, nothing besides. The rabbis talk about he fills the world, but the world doesn't fill him, blah, blah, blah. That, that, that's all philosophy. I'm just interested in the literary allusions that the Midrashic imagination has for these two words, ain ode, and comes along Devarim Rabbah and says, Ein od includes afilu b'chalolo shel olam. What is this halal? What is this vacuum? What is this pit? This this place of emptiness? Halal is a vacuum. It's a, a, an empty space. We learned it in Fulin, in the animal, in Trefus, blah, blah. Let's move on to the second reference, which is b'shah she'omdu Yisrael al-Hasinai. They said, So the Bala Medrash is saying, on a Moses is recounting the epiphany at Har Sinai and says, When you heard the voice from the Choshech, and the mountain was burning with fire, then you came to me, the Roshe Shiftechem, and Ziknechem, and says, Oh, 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 it's too much. You you become our intermediary. Now the Medrash in Vayikra Rabba says, I'm very bothered by this statement, mitoch ha-choshech. Doesn't ever say that. So what is Moshe saying when they, when you listened to the voice out of the choshech? It was a cloud. It was an arafel, an anan. What is this choshech? And the mountain was burning with fire. So Rabbi Eleazar, the son of Rabbi Yosia Klili, says, when they, Am Yisrael stood at Hasinai and said, everything that God said, Nasevanishma, which we don't have here, as I said before. So he's quoting that Nasevanishma in Exodus 24. At that moment, God summons the angel of death. Wow. So we are downstairs hearing the voice of God. And meanwhile, upstairs in the pantheon, he is having an audience and he summons the Malachim of us. And he says, Even though I made you the Cosmocotra, which is a Greek loan word for uh, a procurator, a, a leader, an, an officer, a ruler. Al-Habriot, I have one exception. You got no business with this people. 
So we are saying, we're going to do exactly what you tell us. We become your chosen nation. And he tells the Malachamovis, you've got absolute no hegemony over this people. Lama, Shehem Bonai. Because now they suddenly became my children. Nasev Ishma, they became my children. Because it says, later on in chapter 14 in the second speech of Moses, Moses tells them, you are the children of God. Well, if they're my children, you don't have any power over them. Now let's go back to our posse. So what does it mean? You heard the voice from the choshek. It's a volcano. It's full of fire. What's the choshek? <laughs> is there Choshech above? Daniel says it's just a br- brilliant torch-like light upstairs in their vision. So now the Balamedrish is saying, I'm going to tell you what Choshech is from the story, from the summons. Choshech is the Malachamovis. Now go back to the text. Does it make sense? When you heard the voice from the Choshech and the mountain was burning, then you came to me. The appearance here is you listened in on that conference call, on that summons. You heard the voice of God summoning and speaking to the devil and saying to him, you got no hegemony over me. It's a very dark reading of the word choshech to actually personalize it, not as a state of of the weather, (laughs) of light and darkness, but in fact, it's personalized. Okay, let's build our case. We're now going to go from God's dialogue with the angel of death uh, to Moshe, Having told them that you survived the epiphany, is there anyone who's ever in the history of the world listened to the voice coming from the fire like us and live? We, no one has ever survived an interfere, inter, interaction with the divine. If only your heart would be set to fear me and keep my commandments all the days, if only me attain. And now comes the Psikta Rabati. So we're talking now, Devorim Rabba is 4th, 5th century, Psikta is 6th, 7th century. Omar Rabbi Chanan B'Shem Rabachai. Orav Lifnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaTshuva. Shehi Shivo L'Moshe Miyad Neka Kol At this moment in time when they saw the fire and the flame and they experienced the epiphany immediately not only was the angel of death silenced but also the in their hearts was rooted out as it says it didn't say their heart but it says their hearts in the plural. So for that glorious moment, the Yetzirah was rooted out from the heart. So we have an interesting development going on that we didn't see in Exodus, but we are seeing here in Moshe's recounting of 
the Exodus, which is uh, that there is a silencing of the Malachamovis, and there is a silencing and a rooting out of the duplicitous heart, the double heart, that it's all converted to a Yetzirah. Now, I want to relate this to a machlokas that's occurring between Rabbi Ishmael and Rabbi Akiva, because they go back to the conflict between the account in Exodus and the account in Devarim. Let's listen to their machlokas. We go back and it says, From the heavens you heard his voice, in order to admonish you. And on the land, he showed you his volcanic power, his great fire. And you heard his voice from the fire. Okay. So, so now they're going to tell us the problem with the verses. In, in Shmos, it says... Uh, well, sorry, here it says, from the heavens I spoke to you. And in Shmos it says, God came down on the mountain to speak to you. You can't have it both ways. Either he spoke to you from the heaven, or he spoke to you from the earth. As in rabbinic uh, law, if you have two conflicting verses, especially in Exodus versus Deuteronomy. There are lots of them, as Moshe Weinberger showed us in his book. He brings the third verse, which is the Deuteronomy verse, meaning the first verse was God came down to the mountain. The second verse is also in Exodus, from heavens I spoke to you. Now comes the third verse, Min The third verse turns out to be, it turns out to be our Posuk, which combines those two verses. You can't have it both ways. You can't have it from heaven and from earth. Yes, you can. In our verse, it says it happened from both places. And which is what? Min So from the heaven came his voice, and from the earth his fire. We resolved the problem of heaven and earth by saying there was a split function. The function of heaven is to hear his word. The logos comes down from heaven. And the fire? The fire is homegrown in order to leyasrecha to admonish you, to make you afraid, give you that yira. Words from heaven, fire from earth. Dear Rabbi Ishmael, Rabbi Ishmael, the rationalist, always looking for a rational explanation to resolve issues. Comes along Rabbi Akiva, the mystic, and says the following. The same problem, the same two verses that conflict each other in Exodus. Malamed, now he's going to tell us something very mystical. <laughs> he's going to use our verse to tell us something not rational. He's not going to split the sequence and split the concepts between 
fire and and uh, words, the words coming from upstairs and the fire from downstairs, he's going to say, upstairs touched downstairs. Here, Kinakodesh Baruch Hu Shamayim Ho'el Yonim Al Roshahor. He lowered, physically lowered the dimension, the spatial dimension of infinity down to the finite world on the top of the mountain. V'dibeh imohem min So he gets rid of the problem that the two verses have in Exodus. There's no problem. It's not that he was in heaven there speaking and then on earth fire. No, the two occurred simultaneously and there's no problem. This conflict between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael as to the differences between Shmos and Devorim are the differences between what the narrator in Exodus tells us happened in two separate sequences, like Rabbi Ishmael looks at it rationally, and in the mind of Rabbi Akiva, Moses is recounting the narratology of what took place with the tincture of time. For Moshe, that was a mystical experience of the divine. And what I brought to you, the A-node, and the dialogue with the angel of death, and the double heart being resolved, for Rabbi Akiva was a direct experience of the divine. And in the direct experience of the divine, A-node means even extending to the halal shel olam, the nether world of this world. It extends all the way down. And the, the angel of death who has power in that halal, that netherworld, has no dominion at this glorious moment in our history. And at that po- moment, the double heart has been resolved to a single heart. The levavam is just the lave of the Yetzirah. Which brings me then to the Hasidic interpretation of the Yetzirah. Because what does one do after Har Sinai? when one is faced with that Yetzirah. And I want to bring you the Morinayim, but before that, his Rebbe, the Noam Elimelech. Because the Noam Elimelech says, from Har Sinai, we learn the concept of Devekut, that if God can extend himself down to this world and extend Shemaim to Oretz, then we have the ability with the Lev Echad, with our unique Yetzatov, for that moment in time in history, we can have it in a cyclical, mythical, repetitive time. Every time we are attached to the divine, we dissolve in the divine. And so he says, Ki adam tamid A person must try to recreate that moment of the epiphany of Har Sinai at all times. In order that he can appreciate, apprehend, to occupy his mind with the exalted Romamus Eil, the exalted nature of the divine. To examine his nefesh and its wonders, the wonders of the human soul, meaning it's a two-way street. I can't access the divine without first accessing the divine within, that pantheon pantheistic notion that there's a chelek elokai mimal mamish in every yid's neshama. Asher roe tamid nisim v'niflos v'norosom b'borov. 
that through understanding his creation and his creatures, you see how miraculous life is. Now he gives you the spiritual road, the pathway. What is the pathway to get to this? Is it to go on top of a mountain and experience nirvana or a Hindu temple or a where all those Jewish boys from the 60s in Brooklyn went to the Hindu gurus to contemplate their navels, to understand their inner workings of the divine. The Noemeli Melech said, The first thing you have to do is to examine the self with a capital S that has been given to you, the your divine self. The who... Hanefesh Shalom, your personality. The Noimele Melech is starting a whole new Hasidus with this, Polish Hasidus. Whereas Chabad Hasidus focuses on the divine, Chabad, Chochma, Bina, and Das, and then as a result of that, there's a trickle down into the duplicitous heart in order to change it. Here, Polish Hasidus starts with the heart. It's called Chagat Chasidus, Chesed Gebur Teferis, and claims that you cannot fix the Chabad part of your soul unless you fixed the duplicitous and broken heart. This is what he's saying. Who are Nefeshelo? Mahi, what is it when you look in the mirror? Eichi, how is it that it works these wonders and miracles that makes your creative soul the way you look at life, the way you see life? Because in many ways, the Gemara and Brachas tells us that there are five ways in which the Neshama is equal to God himself. God has fills the world, so the Neshama fills the goof. God sees and isn't seen, so the neshama sees and it isn't seen. God feeds the world, so the neshama feeds the body. God is pure, so the neshama is pure. God dwells in the chadre chadorim, in the inner recesses of the palace, so the neshama dwells in the inner recesses of a man. So therefore, the Noimele Melech is turning it on its side. That's not a metaphor of comparison. That's actually a spiritual path that he's demanding we take. Before you ever get to the interaction with the divine, you first have to examine the Chadre Chadorim, where your Neshama resides. If a person goes through life without that self-knowledge, you know, it says on the Oracle of Delphi, (laughs) On top of the oracle, my father used to always adjure me. It says, know, he told it to me in the Greek, know thyself, right? You cannot enter this oracle without first understanding who you are before you get the oracle to tell you that. Then comes the most radical statement of own. If you don't know yourself, you lack the knowledge of God. Because even he doesn't examine himself. Which brings us to the Morinaim. And that brings us full circle to our thesis today. That at the epiphany, the dual heart was resolved just for a few minutes. 
And the Malach HaMovis was not given hegemony until after the Cheta Egel. And the double heart was resolved to a single heart, just for the Miyitain. And the conflict between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Ishmael extends even down to our days. Is it possible that the two verses are just sequential? Or is it possible, like Rabbi Akiva claims and the mystics that follow him, that every person in their own lives can bring down that Shemayim down to the Oretz, anode even into the Halal? Rabbi Nachman says our heart is a Halal, it's a vacuum, because if God was filling it, you couldn't live. So God isn't present, he's apparently absent. And therefore, you have to bring him in in little doses that you can handle. And the Noah Meli Melach tells us without that self-examination, there is no epiphany. There is no Devekas. There is no recreation of Har Sinai. And so the Mori Naim says, In our Pasha, you shall love God in the future with all your hearts, in the plural, not heart. Double heart. And rather, the, 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 the Gemara in Brochus, the famous Gemara in Brochus 54, And therefore, And the Gemara famously answered, How do I love God with my Yetzirah? Oh, drag it to the base medrash. Dovela Melech famously said, My legs wanted to take me to the red light district, but uh, my eye, my heart wanted to take me, my Yetzirah wanted to take me to the other side of town, to the other side of the railroad tracks, and my legs dragged me. I was so used to going to the base medrash, my legs dragged me. That's the conflict in the Yetzirah, right? Where do your legs drag you? Drag it to the base medrash. That's where you'll conquer the Yetzirah. The Mori Naim takes a mystical tone because he cannot abide, like Rabbi Akiva, the notion that there is a split world, that there is this good and evil at the highest level. So therefore, we have to access those aspects of the divine where the Malachamoves and the darkness and the halal and the choshech has no power. And so he has our radical monism of Hasidut and says, Yetzirah, what do I do with that Yetzirah? How can you, how can you love God if you haven't examined yourself? You don't know what God is. It's infinite. Love him with your Yetzir Tov and your Yetzir Hora. You know that the, the Nasev and Nishma represents the positive commandments and the negative commandments. And the positive commandments represent the Chesed of the Divine. And the negative commandments represent the Gevura. The Gevura upstairs comes down here as Dinim, as harsh judgments. The Yetzir Hora requires the negative commandments to rein it in. But here he's saying, I want you to serve me with that Yetzirah. I'm not allowing that split, that schizophrenic. She Hashem is baruch baruch ba'olam mashal. Dazzling. Ritzada picks up on this, that the world itself is a mashal. And the Torah is the reality that the mashal is interpreting. Everyone thinks that the Torah is a mashal, mashal hakadmoni. We've talked about this in the Dago. And therefore, in, to order and to interpret the world, I have to, I need the mashal of Torah to interpret it. No, he says, he says just the opposite. 
The world is the illusion. The world is the mashal. That physical, tangible existence, that's just a mashal. It's a parable. It's a fictional narrative. Shemimenu nuchal lahavin hanimshal. The nimshal that we're learning from reality, the hainu kolatanukim shiva oilam, kemachila bashtiya kudome, yavim mipne ma ani ohevoto. Dazzling idea that every desire that I have that you say is a Yetzahara, that's part of reality as we know it. That's a mashal. And guess what the biggest sin is to do? Is to take a mashal, literally. I'm going to tell you a fictional narrative about a king. These are all tools, literary tools, to explain the nimshal, which is the relationship with the divine. Don't take that marshal literally, then you've missed the nimshal. And the Morinaim is saying, do the same with your Yetzahara. Your hate, Yetzahara wants to eat and it wants to drink. Ukadome, Morinaim, Kadome means, and the naughty stuff. Your Yetzahara has these drives, these Freudian drives that we call the it. That is not an animal drive. That's a mashal. A mashal that has to be taken non-literally. What's the real literal life that it's pointing to? I have to examine myself like the Noem Elimelech and to understand what am I being drawn to this addiction, the gambling and the sex and the drink and the alcoholism and the work and everything in our lives that we are addicted to. Everything that we are experiencing comes down from the divine. So if I'm loving inappropriately, I have to examine that because that is a divine love that just fell from the sky, into the earth, into the halal. There's a monism. Everything is connected. There's no split world. In this monotheistic world is Ein Od Milvado. His hegemony extends down to the world and to the netherworld. The only question is, how do I get rid of that Malachamovis, that Yetzahora? And I can only do it not by fighting the Yetzahora. No one ever fought and won that but only by not taking my drives and my passions literally. And the hisboininess, and for me, the Morinaim is saying the whole function of Torah and mitzvahs, it's not to be a bean counter or a robot. It is to force me through Torah mitzvahs, I say, the chesed, los say, the gevura, the dinim, to force me to understand Myself, the inner self, which means my drives, my Yetzirah, the dark, duplicitous soul. Once I examine that, it's called the examined life, then I come to understand that the passion I have for inappropriate behavior, the passion for alcohol, the passion for drugs, the passion for gambling, is that God-shaped hole in my heart that I have to fill with the divine. And then I come to the resolving of the double heart that was resolved a niyitain, levavachem, that one glorious moment in history, in the rabbinic imagination or in Moshe's recounting of the Exodus, that we can 
understand that in our own lives. And I think that that is just a beautiful way of seeing the machlokas, the literary machlokas between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Akiva, and the ongoing divide between those who take a rational view and those who take a mystical view. Have a wonderful week, everyone.